Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Story Wagon. Um, Today, I have my special co-host with me today, the Reverend Amy Shoemaker from Broadway Church. And today, we're going to have a special episode because we're going to be focusing on pride. (laughs) Uh, It is the the month of pride. And so um, because of my location of being a straight male, um, I'm not too educated on it. But because I'm not educated on it, I have people who are, and I am here to listen on this episode, just as you are. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Amy. Hello, I'm Amy Shoemaker, the Senior Minister at Broadway Church in Kansas City, Missouri. And we are joined today by Dion and Leandra from Whosoever Community of Faith. Welcome to the two of you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you just tell us a little bit about the whosoever ministry and and what that looks like yes so whosoever community of faith faith being an acronym for finding answers in the healing was created for those of us who have been hurt by the church who have been put out by the church excluded from the church and don't have a safe space to worship so I created this church planted this ministry for those Um, And we also carry with us those who have not been hurt, who are allies, or who are um, those who just want to walk alongside us. While we're not an LGBTQ ministry, um, the majority of our members are a part of the LGBTQ community, which um, has the highest, uh, sadly, the highest rate of church hurt and moral injury. Excellent. And so that was Dion speaking. Leandre, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your your part in Whosoever? Yes, I am Leandra Boyce, and I'm the wife of uh, Dion. And um, Whosoever, uh, I guess my role in Whosoever is uh, just, well, actually, I'm just there because <laughs> I started there because uh, of the moral injury that I've suffered in my life. And um, just speaking with and being with Dion and, and uh, being able to be educated on the fact that um, you don't have to sit in that hurt and you don't have to um, accept that hurt and rejection and that there is a, a place, a safe place um, to be. So I guess my role is to just be alongside her and help those uh, coming through um, to uh, begin the healing process through that hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we talk about church hurt in particular, you know, with Story Wagon here, the emphasis is on spiritual health. And so it's Pride Month, and, you know, some folks might not be familiar with the particular challenges that come with being LGBTQ people of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the struggle to find acceptance, to find community, um, to be accepted, uh, and then 
also, you know, the particular challenges that a uh, particular, maybe like a Christian church or a Christian congregation might encounter once they become open and affirming, right? Because LGBTQ folks, like we come with our own trauma that's a particular trauma and not every congregation is equipped to handle that. So what, um, where do you start with folks? Like let's say someone comes into Whosoever for the first time. Um, I mean, this is something I encounter here at Broadway too of like, maybe they're coming from like more of a fundamentalist background and they've, um, you know, they've come out to their friends and family and their church and been rejected. Um, what's, what's like, what's your primary message to, to them walking through the door? Yeah, so it's individual based. Um, I try to find out what the need is for um, those that are coming into the ministry um, because the hurts and the moral injuries can be different on different levels. Um, so I find out what their need is, what their spiritual need and desires are. Um, while I, we do that, we are sure to let them know that we're a safe space um, and that they are free to be who God has created them to be here. That is a challenge um, to get people to believe that, for one, because they've um, that embedded theology um, that they've grown up with in the church tells them that, especially LGBTQ, that they're not. Um, they're not loved. They're not welcomed. They don't have gifts. God has no use for them. So it is a challenge to get people to believe what the scripture and God is actually saying about loving all people. Um, so coming in the door, um, we have to be very cautious and overly um, welcoming because they do have one foot in the door and one foot out. And if something is said, something happens that makes them uncomfortable or hurts them, they're gone and they'll never be back. So <clears throat> it's an individual base, how we deal with, um, how we interact with those who come to whosoever. So it, it, it changes, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's about the same, but it's, it, it's towards the need of that person, so. Yeah, 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 gotcha. So Leandra, um, so you kind of, so is whosoever your first, um, like, affirming church experience? Um, no, actually. Um, I think my first affirming church experience was uh, when my wife and I had, uh, we weren't married at the time, but um, when we went to a church in Miami, uh, it was a UCC church. I had no idea what UCC was. Um, but we were in Miami and we went to church and she put her arm around me and I immediately sat straight up and um, I was uncomfortable because I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're in church. You can't do that. You know, we can't, you know, show any affection. And she leaned up to me and she said, relax, you can sit back, you know, and I started looking around and I was like, oh, my God. OK, so I sat back and I got relaxed. And so that was my very first um, experience at an affirming church. But I was still not convinced that I was welcome there, that we were welcome there. I just thought, well, this is Miami. Everything goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, but my next uh, 
experience was the church that she was going to. And then I started kind of hanging out with her, um, which was a UCC church here in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And I still had the same type of feeling, that uneasy feeling that, you know, kind of like she explained, one foot in the door, one foot out. Um, because if you say something strange or look, look at a strange or something, I'm going to be out the door. But it was um, affirming from the pulpit. And that was different for me. Um, I've, I've visited churches before that I knew that there was some LGBTQ folks there, but you know, that's always happened and you just kind of keep it to yourself. But, but the affirmation was spoken from the pulpit and, um, the welcoming, uh, from everyone else and them knowing, um, uh, who we were. Uh, I think what did it for me was when she actually introduced me as her wife to the pastor and I'm like, oh my God. So, um, yeah, so that that was my first experience in uh, in a church that was affirming, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't until she planted the, the church, whosoever, um, because we went through uh, the clobber scriptures, and she was able to teach me some things about what I had to unlearn what I've learned for years about God not loving us and God not accepting and affirming us. And once uh, she spoke with me about those things, it was like uh, just a, a new beginning for me. Uh, I, I've said before, it was like she introduced me to a God that I hadn't known before. So that was just uh, that was that was everything. That was a that was a breath of life for mm-hmm. me. So and it's been that way ever since. Awesome. So Leandra, you you had this sort of um, transformation experience through Dion. Mm-hmm. Dion, how did that happen for you? I went to have the same experiences as Lee in Miami and Kansas City, but um, I was asked to preach for the very first Black Pride worship service here in Kansas City, Missouri. And that took me um, places I had never been before within my own spirit, my own spirituality, because like Lee said, that was not a thing, especially in the black church. You don't do that. You don't say that. Um, so for me to be asked to preach to a people that I knew felt um, maybe a lot like I did about church and God, that was a huge honor for me. And they showed up after worship. They, we had a uh, fellowship time. And there were so many people that came to me and said, hey, where's your church? Because I, I miss church. I, don't, I stay at home. Um, and they asked where my church was. I didn't have a church. I was, <laughs> I just preached that day. Um, so that kind of affirmed for me that God was calling me to do, uh, create a space here in KC that was welcoming not only of the, the LGBTQ community, um, but all people, no matter who or where you are, what you've done. And in the black church, there is no, um, there's no space like that here. Well, there there was not at that time. There was mm-hmm. no space like that here in Kansas City, Missouri, for in the black tradition led by an LGBTQ person of color. So that's actually how that happened. Of course, you know, God was speaking to me. You're going to be doing something. I had no idea why I was in seminary. Um, but that kind of affirmed for me that um, it was time to do something for this mm-hmm. community. Yeah. So... We've dropped the word clobber scriptures. 
<laughs> I feel like we need to define that for folks a little bit. What what are the clobber scriptures? What does that mean? Clobber scriptures are those scriptures that are used to clobber, to break down, to um, let the LGBTQ people know that we are bound for hell because God does not love or like what we do and that we're an abomination. So there are six to seven um, verses that I'm aware of that teach or that are that are taught in the church um, that that who we love and how we live is a sin and an abomination. So what I did was uh, studied those scriptures and made them relevant to when they were written, what they meant, and how they affect us now. Um, and it was a it was maybe a six week course that I did one scripture a week um, so that we could relearn and understand what those words actually meant um, at that time and how those words or understandings um, not necessarily changed but have been mistaught or misunderstood and taught to the church in an erroneous way. So yeah. I, I can't tell you every scripture right now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> There's about six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like that's a, that's something that, like, those of us in sort of the LGBTQ Christian world like are familiar with and know about, but mm -hmm. that's a word that may not be right. sort of widely understood or known. Um, the other term that I think it would be helpful for us to talk a little bit about is um, sort of this like church hurt, spiritual trauma mm -hmm. kind of thing. And maybe um, particularly, you know, talking a, a little bit about how would I know if that's what I was experiencing? Like, what are the symptoms of that that I could sort of look out for in my own life? Because um, there's this very clear and obvious dynamic, right? right? That, okay, I'm queer and I've come out and I'm in a church context that does not accept me. Uh, and so I'm like kicked out of the church or sort of shamed out of mm -hmm. the church. Um, and I still feel this connection with God, and I want to go back to church, but I am feeling there's a lot of, um, like, what would I be, what would be, what are the emotions that would be standing in my way of going back to church if I were someone who had been traumatized in this way? Does that make sense? And you can speak from your own experience, too, if, if that's helpful. The, the best way, that's a wonderful question because the best way that I can describe it is is the uh, the thing I came up with was the post-traumatic church syndrome um, so a lot of those symptoms that we feel about uh, moral injury and uh, church hurt are the same type of symptoms that you get from uh, PTSD um, the, the 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 migraines and the the sweating and the heart racing and the the uh, not being able to sleep or nightmares and things like that people don't understand that uh, church hurt is a, a real visceral feeling for some people um, I do know that some of the people that have come to whosoever and for myself um, it's it's very hard to even walk inside the doors of a church without feeling those feelings. Um, we had someone who had not been into the church uh, in 14 years, and she was an ordained minister, 
and um, she was hurt so badly that um, she she could not go into a, a to a church. And um, by her being at whosoever and us trying to, you know, reach out and help her heal from that, she was able to continue to start going to church and she was able to start preaching again, which she hadn't done in, in f- over, you know, 14 years. So um, those things that we feel um, that you feel if it's if it's anxiety um, if the thought, the very thought of church or religion or, you know, any of those words or any any of those uh, um, feelings that you feel when you're thinking about going to church or stepping inside of a church and you're nervous or, anxi- or anxiety comes up, uh, sweating, um, just fear, all of those things are real emotions and real things that, that actually happen to us. And it is because of the the post-traumatic church syndrome is just like bombs going off. Um, I remember my father having uh, PTSD um, from being in the war. And I remember any war show coming on, he could not handle it. Um, there would be times where a car would backfire or, you know, 4th of July, and you know, all the noises and things. That was something that he could not handle because of the, the trauma that he uh, experienced uh, mm-hmm. during the war. And speaking from my own experience, being so uh, church hurt and morally injured, sometimes um, I will hear sermons preached a particular way and it would freak me out. You know, I I would have to stop, you know, I don't want to hear it, you know, I can't listen to it. Um, Going inside of a church, um, I have to prepare myself. I have to pray. <laughs> I have to kind of get myself ready. Okay, we're getting ready to walk inside of this church. And I believe that um, it's a horrible feeling when you have to prepare yourself to go inside of a place where you're supposed to feel uh, loved, wanted, um, affirmed, safe, Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things. I just, I believe that it, that's a horrible feeling, but it's a real feeling and uh, it just, it needs to be recognized and it needs to be um, addressed. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why uh, Dion always says it's a bittersweet feeling to have whosoever because it's a bitter, it's a, a bitter feeling because you have to have that type of a space, but it's a sweet feeling because you have that type <laughs> of a space. So, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's real and it's, uh, you know, physical. It can be a very physical showing on your body. I, I would add to, to some of that, the, um, the under, what, we, what I try to teach whosoever is that there's a difference between welcoming and affirming. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go to a welcoming church, and they'll welcome us in their doors. Mm-hmm. We're welcome to sit um, in the pews. We're welcome to give our tithes. When it's time for us to share our gifts, when it's time for us to get married, to uh, have premarital counseling, a lot of those things, that is not affirmed, so you're not uh, a part of that church in that moment. Mm-hmm. So affirming and welcoming is two different things, and we have a lot of people that are saying, well, I go to a welcoming church. That's beautiful. But are they affirming who God has created you to be? Because that makes the difference. So sometimes we get caught in those spaces. Um, we welcome you here. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
am I affirmed to be here mm -hmm. by the leadership? And <clears throat> so we, we try to talk about those things and just trying to teach that just because mama and grandma and great grandma went to that church does not mean that you have to sit in a space that is hurting your spirit, that is killing your spirit because they do not agree with or do not understand who you are and why you love. Um, and so sometimes, you know, we've been to that church since we were this, just we little, and I have to stay here. Um, but at the same time, we're not growing, we're not learning, and our spirits are actually dying mm -hmm. because we're taught that God doesn't love us. Yeah, that's a really important distinction. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if my church is affirming, it's probably not. Right. <laughs> because most affirming churches are very clear yeah. <laughs> that they're affirming. Yeah. Um, and and there are a lot of churches that sort of bury mm -hmm. that really down deep. Like um, uh, my cousin's kids just started going to this um, like church kids program. And I was like, what's this church about? So I was like, I wonder what they believe. So I went to their homepage. You know, lots of, this is a real church for real life. Mm -hmm. You're welcome here, blah, blah. And I had to click into the about page mm -hmm. and then scroll down to the bottom to find the beliefs. Mm -hmm. I clicked on the beliefs link. And then I had to scroll to the bottom <laughs> under the sacraments mm -hmm to find out that they believed that marriage was uh, between one man and one woman. Yeah. Um, now, they didn't say cisgendered, you know, cisgender, but I'm assuming that's right. what that means. <laughs> right. Um, and so, like, there's, it's, it's a very sneaky thing, right? Because, like, let's say you're a heteronormative couple and you have kids and, you know, you you're like I want we want them in church and we want a really big kids program okay great but like what happens if you know later down the line your kid comes out right like mm -hmm. that's that's so devastating to that child to then not be accepted by the people who have really raised them right um and so you know to me this isn't just an issue of you know this isn't just a thing for adults to be dealing with mm -hmm. It's a very real things for parents to a very real thing for parents to be dealing with too, in terms of okay, what are the theologies mm -hmm. and attitudes that that are implicit mm -hmm. in a space? Meaning, what's not being said mm -hmm. exactly in a space that, especially for kids in their you know more formative years, is just as loud and important. Those implicit that silence and that mm -hmm. absence of certain types of people is just as significant as anything that is said explicitly. Um, so I'm curious, like, you know, I feel for um, our, our families in Kansas City where, you know, like you said, church is, is inherited, mm -hmm. right? We're born into churches. Um, and so I'm, I'm so thankful to have, you know, Broadway Church and whosoever where, um, families can come to church together right. and you don't no one has to make no one has to choose um you know between their faith and and their family mm -hmm. that is one of the most devastating things to right. me about 
um, church teaching is that parents are being encouraged to abandon their children, mm-hmm. to kick their kids out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not love. No. That is not Christ-like. That is not godly. So um, I don't know why I'm saying all of this, except that it's really <laughs> important to me. Um, and so I guess I know we kind of... So I guess my last uh, question for you all is, um, you know, like, if there's one thing you could say to someone who is is listening right now and is maybe feeling like so we're speaking to our allies now Mm -hmm. um someone who's like oh i don't know if my church is you know what what would you say to encourage someone to to investigate that question and to step into um you know to step into and support a more affirming space as an ally i would say to understand and know first and foremost that god did not create you to hate you so if God did not create you to hate you, finding an affirming space where God has affirmed, has, has, wants you to use your gifts because you're already affirmed, asking those questions, simply asking, am I affirmed here? This is who I love. This is who I am. Will I be used here? Am I welcome here? And ask them to prove that. Or, or you can find out for yourself. Are they using people within the LGBTQ community for church purposes? Do you see people up front? Or are they hiding, sitting in the background? Are they being um, made aware of? You know, so asking the question, am I affirmed here because this is who I love, this is who God has created me to be, and I want to be a part of the church. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And because sometimes there's a bait and switch going on. Yes. Bait and switch. Yes. We love you. Come on in here. Come on, come on, come on. They get you in there, and then they, boom. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to teach you how not to be gay. So <laughs> ask the question. Or we're going to make you choose between yes. this church and your gay family members yes. or friends or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, coming from the aspect of, of someone who may even just be unsure if they want to uh, conform to be affirming. Um, I always think about uh, the scriptures, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, knowing that, like she said, God created the neighbor just like he created you or uh, anyone else. So I'm just thinking if you love with the love of God and accept with the acceptance of God and affirm the way God affirms, um, and you look at people as you look at yourself, and know that you are wanting love, you are wanting to belong, you are wanting to be accepted and um, and to uh, be affirmed in a church family. Um, just know that, you know, everybody else wants that too, you know, or whoever is wanting that, that they're wanting that too, is to be just loved for whoever they are. And uh, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be who God created you to be. And it's okay to welcome that person and to feel that way. So, um, if you if you follow that uh, that great commandment about loving um, our neighbors as we love ourselves, um, I think we'll be okay. It also means we have to really love ourselves. That's that's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> we we spoke so, about that before. Um, so Broadway, you know, we're meeting at 10:30 on Sunday mornings over Zoom right now, and the information we have a COVID-19 response page on our website with Zoom information and stuff like that. Um, how do folks get connected with whosoever? 
we can you can get connected through Facebook. There's a group uh, that you can join because we are also doing worship. Uh, we do our worship at noon on Sundays. Uh, we do Zoom and live. Um, there's also we have a website, teamwhosoever.com. You can get information from there. Um, but Facebook is probably the most popular at this time. Um, the group has several hundred members, um, participants. Cool. So that's where you can find us. Cool, cool. Or, yeah. you know, we have our own pages, Your own. but whosoever yeah. has a group, yes. Awesome. Yeah, and then, so just one more resource to share um, for anyone who's listening is uh, soulforce.org is a really great organization, and they have a lot of um, free download uh, PDF files of really helpful uh, reframing of scripture. Um, and then I know Dion and Leandra have compiled a document that also that takes each one of those clobber scriptures and, and points you in, in the direction of a link that will sort of debunk that as well. So Dion, Leandra, Jose, thank you all so much for this time today. Yes, it's really you. appreciated. And happy Pride. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Same Happy to you. Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> thank so you. thank you all for listening. Um, I think we're going to do a part two, right? Yeah, I think we're going to do part two. So, be up for part two. all right, part two. So that's going to be the next month. But uh, until then, uh, thank you for listening. And on that note, we'll call that a wrap for this episode of Story Wagon. I want to thank you, the listener, for supporting us and listening to this episode. And if you want, Please follow us on any social media platform and type in StoryWagon. You can also visit us at our website, storywagon.org. And so, with that, this is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health. <laughs>